It's a new day and opportunity is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead the market with the latest market news, insights, and strategy. Hello, everybody. I hope you've had a great February thus far. That's what time it is and what time of the year it is at the time of this recording. Um, I'm really excited still, so the energy is still good for what I have cooking up this year for the podcast, for you, for my branding, for my company, Soul Insights. And I'm really excited about the GRIT conference. So I know I've we're, we're basically in a GRIT series uh, right now, so, but I, I think I failed to really expound upon like what is the GRIT conference? Why do I keep referencing this thing? Why am I promoting it on my own podcast? So here's the long and short of it is I attended GRIT conference last year and I, I was on uh, one panel on marketing and I really had a good time. Um, it It's great energy. It's not your typical business conference, which you know tends to be very reserved and is sticking with the basics. Um, grit is audacious. It, it leans into a lot of different intersections between creativity and art, um, but also design, technology, software, uh, into finance, you know, when it comes to capital generation and um, acquisition and selling of, of companies and obviously entrepreneurship, but it's a cool intersection of, of all of those disciplines coming into a fast-paced environment with a lot of hungry, innovative uh, entrepreneurs who are gritty, um, who have really cool designs or art or whatever. And so um, I found it to be very helpful for my business. I got to... Uh, go to their events like their um, their startup pitch. I got to attend some like really great curriculum last year. And so this year I actually agreed to um, get on board and help you know bring it about. I was also asked to be a speaker, which is another reason why I'm uh, promoting grit with my upcoming talk on um, customer lifetime value and predicting your future best customers. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Grit, and I've already got my tickets before any of that transpired because um, Grit is a really unique opportunity in the Savannah area over at the Civic Center on Leap Day to really look forward into the future, into the near future, and what's happening right now and cool things that people are doing right now um, to uh, take advantage into account for these developing technologies like generative uh, artificial intelligence um, talking about workforce needs, talking about design and art and, um, you know, changing workplaces. And of course, you know, just making money and growing businesses and making a lot of money. So um, it, it's a gritty world out there. And I think that this conference is a great opportunity and platform to uh, for like-minded folks to really get together and, and uh, propel each other forward. So that's why I've been talking a lot about grit, and this series that we're in right now is a grit teaser mini series. Um, we're we're keeping on that theme with today's episode with uh, Christy, but just reminders: um, want to connect with you on LinkedIn, two way conversation. Add me on LinkedIn at Philip Scroggin. Would love to learn about what you're doing and us be able to dialogue back and forth, learn from each other. I, I try to post most every day on LinkedIn, um, but I tell you what, the grittiness lifestyle. I love the grinding and the grit, but you also got to balance it out and make sure that you're sustaining your productivity and your wellness by actually paying attention to your body and taking care of your body, your mind, your spirit. And so there's actually a really gritty entrepreneur who has built a business around that and has lived 
the the good and the bad and the ugly of that lifestyle. Um, Christy, so I'm looking forward to having a Christy Calise on the program. She's going to be on one of the panels on Friday, March 1st at the Grit Conference. Tickets are still available, by the way. So we're going to learn from her business uh, story. But first, we need to see what happened in this past week's Market Roundup. Today's market roundup comes to us from CNN. The headline is U.S. retail sales declined in January by much more than expected. From that article, spending at U.S. retailers tumbled much more than expected in January as cold weather across the United States kept shoppers at home after a robust holiday spending season. Retail sales, which captured spending on all goods and food services, fell 0.8% in January. The Commerce Department reported on Thursday, breaking a two-month streak of increases. That was even lower than the downwardly revised 0.4% increase in December and well below economists' expectations of a 0.1% decline. According to FactSet, the figures are adjusted for seasonal swings but not inflation. Folks, that is your market roundup for the week. Well, I told y'all we're going to keep on teeing up the 2024 GRIT conference, and now I have one of the panelists that you'll be seeing at that conference. Christy Kalise is with me. we got another podcast host on the program today, so I'm excited about that conversation. Who is this lady? She is an ACSM certified exercise physiologist, a life coach, and serial entrepreneur. That just made me correct my posture in the chair to make sure you didn't get on to me. So no slouching or nerd neck. Um, after years of juggling the ups and downs of small business in the health and wellness industry and having her own health suffer because of it, she's now the proud owner of The Balance App. She empowers busy women, moms, and female entrepreneurs to go from feeling guilty, exhausted, and frustrated to living a healthier, sustainable, and more balanced lifestyle. Hello, Christy. You're going to be at Grit uh, on a panel, I believe. I'm really excited to have you join the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Grit um, to meet everybody in person, talk about mindset mastery. It's kind of my uh, uh, my everyday now uh, that I talk about. Um, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. Um, it's going to be a big, big program, lots of great panels. That's one that definitely... Um, has my attention uh, intermittently. We've brought up some of that those concerns on this podcast, even though it's not primarily about like work life balance or or health. But I really am interested in the subject as a chief everything officer who has a lot of other things that are important to him in life. But um, that's why I'm going to hit you with the the absolute hardest question first: um, athleisure. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't really say that with a straight face, but. Um, yep. I'm just curious because you know you you wear the two hats and this uh, this subline of apparel tries to wear two hats simultaneously. It's the business, but not pleasure. It's the business and like workout. So like I think some of it was influenced by the golf guys who started wearing golf apparel every day to work. But then now there's the leggings invading the workspace. And so, you know, we all knew that long gone were the days of the suits. But now it seems like, you know, the leggings and the the dry fit shirts are taking over the the polos and the khakis and the skirts. Um, who's to blame? Uh, are you a fan? And how many pairs of leggings do you actually own? I want the truth. <laughs> All right. Well, um, athleisure, I think really kind of 
took off when COVID happened. Everybody was um, home and whether all you needed to do was look good from the neck up, basically. <laughs> all of us, uh, we, we played that game where we had our pajama pants and our slippers on on the bottom and we were working mm-hmm. higher um, from the neck up, so to say. So I think that's kind of where athleisure started to take off. Um, but in terms of like where it's going and I think the message that it sends sometimes, um, I don't necessarily agree with it um, because I think it's part of a little bit part of what we have going on in America with this like comfort crisis kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I think in a way, um, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of people out there who are not lazy and they're really trying, but they're not getting where they want. But I think we're kind of like embracing the laziness sometimes mm-hmm. with the <laughs> athleisure. Um, yes. You know, like it's one thing to be comfortable during your workday kind of thing, but it's another to again be wearing your pajamas to work and in a way that's kind of what athleisure is you know um i think it's great when you're juggling a lot of things and you're uh running to a pga meeting dropping off your kids at school but then you're quick running to the gym and getting back kind of thing it's it's great that you look nicer but you're comfortable and you can still Mm -hmm. exercise um but in my opinion it's taking off a little too much and i think it's um kind of uh, not what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's supporting the laziness <laughs> in a way sometimes. So exactly I mean, for me, I wear you know I work from home all the time and I work out for a living. So I am in athletic clothes most of the time. I do own a lot of leggings. I'm gonna have to think of exactly how many I own. But at the same time, it's part of my job, you know. But I do feel like some of the most productive days that I have are when I get up and I work out and then I shower and I have the rest of the day and I'm dressed. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I did my hair, I did my That's makeup. Right. And I don't have to do that. There are plenty of days I stay in my pajamas until 2.30 in the afternoon because I can. But I feel that um, when I actually do put myself together, I am a lot more productive and my head is in the game and that kind of thing. And I think the athleisure part is uh, kind of embracing the lazy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, it's funny. Like even I remember like 15, 20 years ago, you know, people would look at how people dress in the 40s and the 50s and in the sixties. And yeah, I mean, I knew we were going more casual over time, but man, we have really taken acceleration down that cushy comfort road. As long as I don't see a pair of Crocs in the office, I think I'll be able to maintain some sanity, but you know, yep. <laughs> we're about one step removed from people wearing Crocs to the office and that will, that, that'll be the end of it. So, um, uh, actually onto the more actual serious stuff, but I, I thought that was a funny, um, uh, tee up is balance app. That's actually your app, which ties into a whole, um, virtual, very high uh, involvement professional service that you offer personal training wellness coaching services it's actually quite broad and uh, multifaceted the way you service your clients uh, could you just give us a short story to catch up on how you got to this point and why balance uh, balance app exists Yes. So um, one of the most important aspects of being a um, entrepreneur is being able to pivot. Um, so there were three steps, I'd say, to how I landed to where I am now with the Balance app. Um, I'd say the first step was um, my own work-life balance crisis. So um, me being a serial entrepreneur, very black and white mentality. So all or nothing all the time. I was all in or 
or I was depressed, can't move. This is never going to work. Um, I'm living in my parents' basement. What, what do I do now? Kind of thing. Um, so very much black and white. Um, and I drove myself into the ground multiple times. So that burnout, that topic we talk about a lot, burnout is real. And I experienced it three times in my life. Um, I, I've been done it all. So I was running my gym for seven days a week and bartending four nights a week on top of that. Um, I have run other people's gyms where I am training 500 people a day, um, not counting their um, one-on-ones in between their classes and things like that. Um, on more than one occasion, I have physically put myself in a bad situation where my body started screaming out for help. So I started getting vertigo. Um, I passed out in one of my classes that I was teaching. Um, Mm. I started breaking out in rashes, digestive issues, like all these signs that my Mm. body, my brain and body were like, you have to, this is too much. You have to stop. But at the same time, um, being in the service industry where this is a service you provide, if you don't continue to work, you don't make money. (laughs) So that has been the hardest part for me. Um, And what started the balance journey um, really was me coming to a conclusion like I can't, I'm never going to scale. I'm never going to make enough money training people one-on-one. Um, there ha- something's got to give kind of situation. So I started to think about what my new um, options were. And coincidentally, um, just two or three months after I was having these like aha moments, um, COVID came about. So COVID shut down all endeavors <laughs> that I was yes. involved in at the time. Um Knock on wood, my husband's a software engineer and he was able to keep his job working from home. Nothing changed for him. And it was just me uh, serving him breakfast, lunch and dinner, trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with myself now. Um, So COVID was the second step. Um, Everything was closed. People needed a place to work out. I had a very large following. I ended up going digital um, by creating an online workout subscription. Um, It started out as just christylangle.com, five workouts per week. Um, just trying to build this community of everyone. Now we're stuck at home, but how, how can we use this extra time that we have now to prioritize Mm -hmm. our health and wellness while we are stuck at home kind of thing. Yep. Fast forward a little bit more, um, I obviously things opened back up. People started going back to um, their gyms and things like that. But I realized that this was the best thing for me, my own personal life and health and wellness, that I could help a lot of people um, and I could scale this. Um, but it was a matter of me figuring out who's my niche clientele, what are their needs, what are their pain points, how is my program going to solve all of their issues, um, and realizing that, you know, I could give everybody a great workout <laughs> anytime and they love it and it's great. But I was finding that I was having these clients for long periods of time and they weren't getting the results that I wanted. They wanted not because mm-hmm. I wasn't doing my job or they weren't getting a good workout, but because there's so much more that goes right. into health and wellness and yes. um, weight loss in general and balance. <laughs> so yep. that's where I, after, um, after everything opened back open, uh, opened back up and COVID was dwindling down, I realized yes. like I either need to figure out this message and figure out how I can help these people. So it works for me and works for them 
or I'm going to have to shut it down and go back to work at a gym somewhere. So I was able to press pause um, for about a year and really rebrand, dig deep, figure out all those things that I just mentioned, my niche and who I'm trying to help and how I could help them better, like do, mm-hmm. um, do a better job with actually getting them to where they want. And that's where the balance brand has, uh, has been built. <laughs> so it was a, a sequence of steps, me trying yep. to just initially being forced um, to pivot because my health gave out on me. Mm-hmm. And then the world solidifying that I needed mm-hmm. to make change by COVID shutting everything down. I know COVID was a horrible thing for so many people, but for me, it was the start of big changes for my own health and wellness. Um, and then just now navigating um, my message and who I'm trying to help and how I can best serve them kind of thing. story but like you said you know you probably couldn't have drawn it up um like things happen because of the way things happen it sounds like a very organic progression and how and those past experiences even the the bad ones probably helped you prepare you for knowing what you needed to do with that much more clarity and conviction um i can even see some some mirroring in uh, my own story with my business starting um right before covid and so covid really and all those forces that in the fallout really shaped how my business has gone through its journey and i've narrowed down what i want to do uh, as a result now that said you know you did talk about um covid had a huge impact on the the health industry in general and I, and, and obviously the medical stuff and the health stuff and just not getting seriously hurt or dying from a, a a novel virus is is one part of the conversation but the health and wellness and exercise industry definitely got transformed right i remember from for for like two straight years you couldn't find any metal weights to buy for you know to save your life because everybody all of a sudden started investing in home gyms because they couldn't go to the gym in 2020 um you know that there was those things and a lot of um uh, personal training uh, personalities I see I, I feel like I see more uh, ad content in that sphere versus what I saw pre-covid so you know there's been a bunch of transformation in the industry it seems like a competitive industry although I think that it might just be that finally some there's increased levels of demand and so there's more offerings coming to the surface to meet that demand but um, as you look at the the industry in which you you play, uh, how do you differentiate what what Balance App does amongst if someone's looking to get into shape or get more healthy or whatever they're going to be Googling? There's a plethora, an abundance, m- numerous options from which to choose. So when you got that many uh, options in the health exercise market, you know what are some of what you've worked through to differentiate your offering and, and help you stand out to the kind of people you want to attract? Yeah. So um, first and foremost, um, my program is differentiated in that it is not a quick fix. So my clientele are coming to me when they have already tried 
every single fad diet, every single workout program, most of them come to me and they already have a Peloton. They <laughs> did Beachbody. Um, they have Nutrisystem and all the meals are in their freezer. Like <laughs> it's not a matter of um, like um, them not getting results. They're just like, I have all the things, but none of right. it is working. I don't know what to do now. Like none right. of the, I, I do those things for three days and then life happens and I can't stay, I can't navigate right. that. So my, um, my main, um, honing in point of how I'm different is that, um, we are not a quick fix and <laughs> I'm essentially a harder sell because I am selling not a quick fix. I am selling yeah, hard it's work. It's more intensive, it's- long-term relationship based yes. kind of st- I, I, I didn't mean to jump on top of what you're saying, no, but you're that's right. the way it strikes me. You're 100% correct. So my clientele are, by the time they get to me, they're sick and tired of feeling sick Mm -hmm. and tired. They are tired of spending money. They don't want another program that um, is very intense to follow and they can't stick with it and they end up quitting. They are looking for long term. Um, They're Mm -hmm. And it's like I hear every single mom I've ever talked to, they're like, I just can't find that balance. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to I'm trying to find that balance between mom and working and taking care of the kids, like balancing it all just seems impossible. So um, that what I would say is the first and foremost way that I try to differentiate from everyone else is like, I am not promising you're going to lose 20 pounds in the next three weeks. And I put that on my website. I'm very honest and open about it. Like, that's not what this is, if that's what you're looking for go somewhere else because mm-hmm. this is a longevity type situation. Um, I can promise that you will maybe take off 20 pounds in the next six months and they'll never come back. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. where we're different, but I am not promising like I'm going to snap a finger and you are going to change. Right. So to say, it's not, it's not a, it's not a boot camp thing. It's not a project. No. It's a, it's a, like a kind of like a life journey odyssey yes. kind of situation, yep. a trek. Exactly. Um, let me, one follow up on, on that uh, as you've, branded your business, which I'm, you know, you know, is really uh, imperative is you want that to be how you're known in the digital sphere within your network, you know, however, you know, wherever you're playing, what have been some of the biggest trials and triumphs in, like you said, you had to take a step back and that was actually a branding, a rebranding process when you decided to change your business model. But, you know, as you, once you decided to go that route, what have been some of the trials and triumphs in branding yourself that way? So, um, hold on, go back like real quick with a second part is, um, yeah. of me differentiating is that they have contact with me. So I wanted to okay. make sure I added that. So yes. there's tons and tons of programs that are digital out there. You pay a subscription or you purchase all the videos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And no one cares if you do it. No one's right. there to reach out if you need help. Um, but I do try, I work very hard to create the community, a balanced community. So even though you're working out at home on your own, at your own time, yes. you feel part of something. And if your knee hurts or you can't figure out why you haven't lost three pounds yet and you've been doing mm-hmm. everything you're supposed to do, there is a person that you can actually yeah. reach out to. And, and like you said, it's not just the coach. It's also the peers because, and yes. I think that that peer group actually is a, a huge impact. It's the reason that group classes have always existed and will continue to exist is, is the peer stuff. But um, yep. that accessibility within the accountability and then the support system, I'm sure is crucial uh, for people who can relate and who are going through it at the same part of the journey that you're in. Absolutely. And there's so many women out there that they would love to go to a group class if they could, but life just doesn't allow them to. And then they're forced, not forced, so to say, that working out at home is their only option. But Mm -hmm. 
they want to still be part of something. So that's where yep. the community aspect comes in and the support, the accountability from a coach and your peers, et cetera. So going back to your other question. So the trials and triumphs, um, I would say that I have a lot of uh, trials going on here. I will say that um, we now that it, like you explained before, this has become a very competitive space. So mm-hmm. just like myself, so many other entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs in the fitness space have gone digital and Mm -hmm. there are tons more ads and your Facebook dollars, $50 goes nowhere nowadays. I can remember (laughs) um, when, when COVID first shut down, I ran a meta, it was Facebook back then, but a conversion ad for $50 and I converted 35 new members on a seven day conversion ad. Like, boom, Mm -hmm. this is great. Mm Bomb.com jacked up about it. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to today here's where the big trials come in. And I Mm -hmm. know other entrepreneurs out there can understand this. That's why I'm going to be honest and open about it. We've spent 10 grand in the past six months on meta advertising and Mm -hmm. have had essentially zero return on investment. So the competitive um, aspect of this whole fitness industry has made this so much more difficult, um, which is where I am working very hard to cater my message to the right people right now. So I think I have a great product um, Mm -hmm. and my churn rate is extremely low. Once they're a member, they love it. They're not going anywhere. They're my raving fans. They tell all their Mm -hmm. friends, but the amount of money and time and energy it's taking me to convert someone into a customer now, it's excruciating. And there are other entrepreneurs out there would probably look at my numbers right now and be like, dude, you need to either figure this out or move on because my return on investment is just terrible. And I have figured out that it's my message. So yeah. um, I'm being commoditized. I always mess up this word. Yeah, commodity. You don't want to be commoditized. You want to yeah. be a novelty, right? That's exactly where I'm at. So like my yeah. January this month was nowhere near as busy as I would like. And that's because every single other fitness industry out there is throwing some sort of New Year's deal or New Year's mm-hmm. special. And yep. they're going to choose whichever is the cheapest mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's so many options out there. And I'm not the cheapest because I am providing these one-on-one services as well as the community and all the other aspects that go into my journey. Um, But I will say that that's where my biggest um, struggles, my biggest trials are right now is getting the message to the right people and having it be the right message that they understand that this is what they need and it's different from everybody else. So yeah, not, not having the marketing background or not being good at, with words in general, that yeah. I would say is my biggest uh, trial right now. No, but like, I mean, this doesn't, um, you know, surprise me, but I, I definitely understand like going back to your thing about some of your first Facebook campaigns and it, you know, everybody biting, biting the bait uh, versus, you know, these days, yeah, do I think it's partly because there's a lot of uh, fitness um, influencers and brands that are in the pond? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I, I um, I'm reading a book right now called a uh, hundred million dollar uh, offers, and one of their early parts of the book, he talks about, um, you know, the offers and 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 making a lot of money. And uh, he heard from a guy one time who said, if you're if you're running a hot dog stand, what's the number one thing that you want for your hot dog stand to succeed? And he said. A, a starving crowd. Right, there you go. There you go. So oh, funny you just said that because I literally just read the hot dog chapter. Yes, exactly. And I immediately called my husband and said, 
that's exactly what he nailed it. The hot yep. dog analogy is yep. spot on. <laughs> and, co- and post COVID, that was the everybody realized they were starving for hot dogs when it came to the fitness industries because people got scared about health. Like it was even, you know, even one of the things that came to the surface about COVID was COVID was um, COVID discriminated very heavily and it tended to discriminate um, against people who already had some underlying what we call comorbidities. One of those things was people being overweight. And so all of the the air that we were breathing th- during that time was like, I need to get in better health, right? So you, you, there was a starving crowd in a way that it's a more normal market. And so, you know, th- so there's those factors as well, not to, not to mention the Facebook privacy changes, totally. which makes it harder to find the needle in the haystack like you used to be able to just use cookies and all that stuff. So yeah, a lot of stuff um, happening, but hey, we're, we're all going through the journey of branding, finding your target market. And then of course, in, you know, unfortunately for, for, for everybody is, you know, you have a really unique uh, niche. So you're not looking for any old person who wants to take a whack at getting in shape. You're looking for, once again, someone who's been there, done that, has tried three or four different, you know, heavily marketed packages and has been left, you know, uh, lacking and not getting what they need. So um, really, really cool that you get to share some of that journey with us on, on the branding side. I want to ask Christy some more questions about balance app and, and, and other challenges and another lesson she's learned. Let's first take a quick message from today's episode sponsor, Soul Insights. This episode is sponsored by Soul Insights. Is your business hitting a growth plateau? Frustrated with marketing strategies that don't deliver? For small and mid-sized businesses, there is a data-driven path to high-value customers that can meet you where you're at. Soul Insights takes you there. Soul Insights is a strategic marketing agency that helps businesses know their customers and build and execute profitable marketing programs at scale. To help you get started, I'm offering a customer-based audit to reveal untapped profit opportunities and threats in your business for free. I normally charge $2,000 for this service, but I'm offering it for $0 to the first five, and that's five only qualifying business owners. Don't miss out on this exclusive offer. Visit soulinsights.com, fill in the contact form with customer base audits, and mention this podcast. Elevate your business today with Soul Insights. That's soulinsights.com. Let's grow. Christy, I really appreciate where we've gotten in this conversation because it's definitely getting my wheels turning. I think a lot of the audience can relate to um, the ups and downs and all arounds of your, your business journey and the uniqueness of your industry and market. Let's talk about some scale now because I'm assuming like it's like you said, when you first even deployed the balance at business model, the way it's constructed is you realize you were the limiting factor on scale. You were the bottleneck. And so you needed to have a different model to provide value to address those pain points that you couldn't do with your previous model. Now you're in something that has a lot more scale potential. Um, what have you learned for now and going forward on how to scale a service that seems dependent on your time? Because even so with um, you know using stuff online, there's still a lot of ways in which it can be very dependent on your, your time allocation. Just because it's over a screen doesn't mean that it doesn't require your time. So um, as you're moving into the future, how have you worked through the kinks of the whole scale question when it comes to, you know, coaching uh, businesses like yours? Okay. So um, in terms of scale, that is originally where the app was built. So that I sent, and don't get me wrong, part of um, that, I didn't do coaching for for a while. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, peer, a part of me that was so burnt out from 
carrying the weight of everyone mm -hmm. else's problems and trying to be there when they need me all the time on there, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it, it was like my own things never mattered. So there was a period mm -hmm. of time where it was ju um, just the app um, and the app knock on wood um, is completely scalable because mm -hmm. it does not I could have 50 clients or I could have 500,000 clients and it's going to require me the same amount of work. So the way okay. that I have it set up um, there, and that's also part of my, one of my biggest pain points at this point is like, there's nothing stopping me from having 500,000 clients. <laughs> it's mm -hmm, just a matter mm -hmm. of getting those clients, you know? Yep, um, yep. So the way I have it set up is that um, these people can reach out to me if they need me, but but the majority of them want to try to tackle it on their own. And they, if, if they don't feel the need to speak to me, um, they have everything they need set up in the program. Um, they get their five weekly workouts every week. They have their videos in their toolbox. I build up their recipe vault. We've built in a balance tracker where they're tracking their healthy habits like water and sleep and snacks mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, so it's we've set it up that it's pretty much a set it and forget it type situation. And and um, whether, like I said, if I have 50 clients or if I have 500 or 500,000, um, it doesn't require me any more work. So in terms of scalability, that's my biggest focus is to increase the balance app subscription model because mm -hmm. that will help with consistent income, my monthly recurring revenue, trying to get that right. those things up, et cetera. But as I was doing that, I was... Um, really feeling the pull that a lot of people need more help and they do mm -hmm. need me one-on-one, -on -one, but it was yeah. a matter of me figuring out how can I do this without it being at the expense of myself again. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, I started a, a coaching program. Originally it was a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Mm -hmm. um, where it was 12 weeks long, um, comprehensive. They have co contact with me through the whole time. They're logging, they have goals, there's resources. It took a very long time to build this out. Um, and it was going great and people are seeing their, um, really great results. Um, but there is, um, only a certain price tag that you can put mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. working one-on-one -on -one with somebody. There's that happy medium of you're making the money you want hourly, but you still, again, can only work with so many people <laughs> at mm -hmm. one time. And I found myself burning out again because I was, it was an evergreen offer. So I would mm -hmm. have 12, 14 clients that I'm working with one-on-one, -on -one, but they're all at different stages of their journey yep. and losing track of who's doing what and 500 text messages on my Voxer app and like found myself mentally burning out again. Like I'm still sitting mm -hmm. at my desk. I'm not training people in a gym, but I'm like, I'm fried from this <laughs> and yeah. I want to help them. So I recently pivoted to a, um, like a hybrid type model of the program because it's a, it's a touchy touch and go kind of thing because they do need one-on-one -on -one help. Not everybody benefits mm -hmm. from a group setting. Um, mm -hmm. but at the same time, a group setting can be motivated and also help me. So I just pivoted to a, um, group coaching program where they have a certain amount of sessions that are one-on-one -on -one where we hash it out, what they're doing, what they need to do. But we also have group um, weekly sessions. So this way I could decrease the price slightly, um, mm -hmm. so that it's more affordable to my clientele and the barrier to entry is lower, um, but I can work with more people at one time, but still give them that personalized touch, that one-on-one -on -one to really um, 
to break the grain for them, you know, to really get like head them in the right direction because everybody's situation is different. So right now, like in my group, I have a retired um, uh, business professional army, um, retired big boss woman. Mm -hmm. I have a mom who is working a nine to five traveling home to home um, with three kids. And then I have another one who has two twin boys and she is owns three different gymnastics studios. So like their lives are so Mm -hmm. different. They support each other in everything we're doing and we're, they're all, um, they're all gradually improving day to day, but then they still have that one-on-one. So this was a way to, help me make more money, <laughs> helping mm-hmm. more people at one time, but also build in a little bit of a break buffer for myself. So this yep. is now an eight week program. The group is open cart, closed cart. <laughs> I mm-hmm. work with these clients for now eight weeks straight back to back. The goal is then they become a life member of my balance app after mm-hmm. that. So there's, they don't need me anymore. They're a subscription, uh, subscription member for the rest of their life, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get a, a little couple weeks in between and then I mm-hmm. open cart again and I start a new group program. So that's how I'm working to try to scale is just build up those subscriptions um, where I can be making money while I'm sleeping, um, mm-hmm. as well as still having that offer there to work with me one-on-one, but making it work for them and for me at the same time. Makes sense. Uh, that's, that's a really unique, um, uh, you know, uh, service model that can meet these clients and their different needs. And you really have thought through like what works best. So now let's talk about the, the pre-client process before they actually come on, because once again, you, you do have a core target market that's snake bit. They've tried that. They've been there, done that. It hasn't got them the results. So they want to add another package on top of another package on top of another package. So, you know, I see that when I look at your business model, you have the cohorts and you have the, you know, the people who have graduated, so to speak, but then you have your app folks. Uh, I see that you have a, um, a free download offer for a free eco or a free e-course offer you're on social media. Give me just the gist if you can on, on the, you know, the, cl- the customer journey process or how a stranger goes to really going down that row with you and how you work them through the steps to build a trust and to get them to buy into what you're doing. Cause it's not just another beach body mega package that's going to, you know, sit on the shelf and not get them results. Yeah. So my relationship process um, with new clientele is very long for the fact that you nailed it. Like they've already been there, done that. Like, why should I trust you is basically Mm -hmm. what's going on in their head. Um, So um, I have been, I'm yes, all over social media, just trying to stay consistent with all those things. But um, in recent months, I have, I heard this saying, um, Amy Porterfield said, you can't build your business on rented land. So um, kind of explaining, like just nailing it on the head that like, and I'm so I'm sure so many other entrepreneurs out there, we're banging our heads against the wall for likes and shares and mm-hmm. more followers. And um, I only posted once this week and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. although I do pretty much every single thing you're supposed to do in, in regards to social media, my social media following is struggling. And that's because... Mm-hmm. Facebook gets to decide who sees what and what, whatnot. I even have that problem with, um, uh, private balance members group. So we have a mm-hmm. private members Facebook group and my members are reaching out like, Hey, did you post that recipe you said you would? And I, 
I did, but Facebook mm-hmm. didn't show it to them, so they mm-hmm. didn't see it. Um, so my um, pivot recently has been I, my my focus is on gaining email leads because of how mm-hmm. long my nurture sequence needs to be with these clientele um, that they need to build trust with me. They want to know that why I'm different and how I'm actually mm-hmm. going to help them. And obtaining their email address seems to be um, – was my missing link depending mm-hmm. on social media. Um, so I've been focusing a lot on nurturing my audience more via my email list, um, yeah. as well as, um, just so once they're, let's say, and then the, the relationship process is usually a long period and also my podcast actually. So mm-hmm. a lot of people want to listen to me and I'm like, why is she different? What, how, what is she doing different than Peloton? It's just mm-hmm. workouts, right? You know, so mm-hmm. listening and building trust, um, and in terms of the podcast and the email list, just constantly giving them information and resources that like just a silly little thing. Maybe they drank water before their breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I said so. And then the next day they didn't have a headache and they t- they were having headaches daily. But all I did was tell them to drink more water. It takes time. So when they actually do convert to giving the balance program a try, um, I have a sequence of events, um, automations in terms of emails, welcoming them, um, and I include a free one-on-one consultation for their onboarding. And I find that that is a game changer um, Mm -hmm. in terms of my retention rate. So I partially like annoy the heck out of people when they sign up for a free trial, like they get all their email automations, they get a notification in the app. If I still Mm -hmm. don't have them booked after like five or seven days, I'm personally emailing them because if they're, when they sit down with me and I can walk them through the program and give them some, just three small goals to start out with so that they don't feel so overwhelmed, it is a game changer for them. And that's something that, um, again, going with balance being different, differentiated from other things, you sign up for a Peloton app or a sweat app or whatnot. You sign up, you have this free trial and there's just 500 videos or programs that you can start with. And these busy moms who just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, like, where the heck do I even start? I don't know what right. to, what any of this means. Where to start? Well, should I start with a lower body program or should I start with HIT? Like, I, my goal is to lose weight. Which one of these is going to help me do that? Yep. You know. So it really is a game changer that I can meet with them one on one and specifically set them up with some goals um, mm-hmm. and just even just a simple recipe they could try for dinner. Just get them yep. headed in the right direction because if they feel ten percent better at the end of their thirty day free trial they're going to continue. But if they don't start because they're so overwhelmed, they are not going to continue. So like I said, my relationship um, process is very long, um, Mm -hmm. focusing more on emails um, and podcasts and just giving them information. Um, I do think that is a big part that's missing with all the other stuff out there too, is information. They tell you to drink Mm -hmm. more water. You should drink. Everybody knows you should drink half your body weight in ounces of water. But no one knows why. <laughs> right, right. So when I exactly. explain to them why you should drink half your body weight in ounces of water, they're like, duh, okay, right. I'm totally going to drink my water. So it's less of a, 
she told me I have to do this if I'm going to lose weight. And it's more of an empowerment situation that knowledge is power. I am empowered right. now to drink my water every single day. Um, so I just try to empower my clientele as much as possible through that relationship phase and give them some little tips when they first get there. And if I can get them in some sort of a rhythm, um, they're with me for a long time. So... It makes a lot of sense to me on being able to get that direct uh, contact and engagement going on, like you said, owned media. Uh, as great as rented media is great to get people's attention, it's like you said, it's, it's going to be hard to build that empire if you're leaning on a third-party social media and whether or not the algorithms like your content to build what you're trying to build. So it makes a lot of sense. This is coming from a lot of experience, a lot of trial and error. I could tell that you've got all your battle scars and just from listening to how you've molded this thing to where it is now and how you're constantly looking to mold it moving forward. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of advice you could give, many of which you've already given to an entrepreneur who's wanting to scale and, and start their own remote service business, but what is your number one piece of advice to someone who has some kind of online remote service uh, business that they run and they want to take their business to the next level? Um, my best advice, I want to say for just entrepreneurs in general, but it pertains mm -hmm. specifically as well to digital marketing as well. Um, my best advice is to figure out, like I said before, how you can make money while you're sleeping. Um, and a lot of us as, I mean, <laughs> I joke around now. I'm like, I never thought I'd be working at a desk and I'm basically a tech professional at this mm -hmm. point, but we get stuck mm -hmm. in like what we learned and what we want to do. Um, mm -hmm. that like, whether you're a physical therapist or if you're an exercise physiologist, or if you're a dietitian, we get so honed in on, we do one-on-one -on -one and we help mm -hmm. people and we fix them and then we move on to the next person. Um, but there is so much to be said in terms of scaling with figuring out like how they're there. And the resources are unlimited now with everything mm -hmm. being digital, whether it's a digital mm -hmm. course, whether it's um, a accountability program where just once a week you hop on um, with your former clientele on live video so they can do Q&A with you. They pay a $50 a month membership and they're thrilled to be able to get you for a little tidbit, but yep. you can do that with 300 people <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, you're making a lot more money that way, like having your consistent income. Um, so making money while you sleep, um, figuring out some way, whether you are digital marketing, whether you're brick and mortar, um, figuring out how you can have other income coming in that doesn't require your time um, is my biggest advice and keeping your... Um, what's the word? Not just expenses, but I have been guilty of, um, thinking that this is going to be the game changer for me. I'm going to spend this much trying this or paying for this program. You and I were just talking about how we are using this podcast platform. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. maybe this podcast platform costs a hundred dollars a month more than this other podcast platform. Mm -hmm. Like 
those are not going, those things are not going to move the needle in your life yeah. and in your business. Yeah. And I am guilty to falling into that where thinking the next best thing is going to be my big break kind of thing and just kind of losing sight of like mm -hmm. fast forward now. What am I working on right now is my message. <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. like the yes. core, the foundation. Yeah. You know, I have all the other things set up, but if your core, your foundation, it's not there and the message yep. isn't clear, you're not going to grow. You're not going to scale. So don't fall into the quick fix, like work on your boulders, not your pebbles. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Forget about the pebbles. They don't matter. Post on social media once a week if that's what it takes for you to work mm -hmm. on the other stuff. But don't fall into that and figure out how to make money that doesn't require mm -hmm. your time. Are two biggest things. <laughs> it's imperative. Like, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you I couldn't say it any better, but what I was hearing just folks as you're listening to this testimony is uh, you got to get your brand story right in your, your value prop and you've got to be able to communicate the story in the value prop, um, addressing your people's pain in any of the mediums and channels in which you're going to reach out, right? So you have to be able to tailor it. And if you can't get that right first, the tech and the whiz bangs and the service providers and the agencies, like none of that's going to make you look good because you haven't done the first things first. So um, I this is, this is a business strategy podcast. This is a marketing strategy podcast. This is about scaling businesses. And, I, and I've uh, really wanted to lean into that aspect of, um, you as an entrepreneur, a podcast host, um, you know, uh, everything about your business. And thank you for that. I do, however, I do like the conversation about um, kind of like holistic wellness and how your mental and physical um, and sp spiritual wellness bleeds into your work. I actually think that you're actually in the right time, right place because newer, younger generations are much more conscientious about whole life wellness and not just slaving away at the desk and, and at the expense of everything else, including health. So um, what made me think to ask you this is I read an article uh, that was like, it's like 20 or almost uh, 24, 25 years ago. It was about the making of a corporate athlete. And I read the article and, and that title really stuck with me. Um, a lot of it was about if you actually uh, make sure to prioritize taking care of your yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, a lot of people in the past would say, well, you're wasting time or you're you're taking away time from making money or excelling at your job or making your boss happy or, or getting to the next promotion. But in their opinion was in order to, to score the touchdown and win the game on Saturday or Sunday, what do you think those guys are doing all the other days of the week? They're, they're taking care of their body so they can perform at their max capacity. So what is your experience with that? Is that true? What, what is your advice to business professionals accordingly on what they do physically, mentally, spiritually, uh, and how that follows them to and from work? Yep. So I firmly believe in the holistic approach. That's the approach I take with my clientele as well. Um, mental, physical, emotional. If all those three things are not working together, you're not going to get anywhere. That's like that example I was given with giving everybody a great workout, but they're not getting where they want to be because we're not focusing on all of the other things. Um, so that article just rang so many bells when it comes to this motto that I go by with my clients and other, and I talk to with other entrepreneurs about it. Um, it is so important to slow down in order to speed up. And mm -hmm. I was so guilty of like, 
blinders on. I want to be successful. So I need to work harder, 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 harder was the only way 150% until my body had nothing left to give. And then it went back to zero. So that's where my balance mentality comes in. So slowing down to speed up, even just in my own lifestyle, I don't really have a schedule, so to say. So I find myself working uh, seven days a week sometimes, maybe only for a couple hours a day, but seven days a week. And then I'm finding myself can't come up with any content creation ideas. Like I'm just front. I got nothing. So what I will do will take a Saturday, let's say, or it could be a Wednesday, it could be Tuesday, because I can do that. But I will literally not open my laptop, not open a social media, mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. for 24 hours and do something fun like spiritual or journaling, start reading a new book, go for a walk with a dog, um, go sit at the beach and read a fiction book, not a book mm-hmm. on business, which I'm guilty of, you know. Um, so pressing the timeout button, pressing pause <laughs> and focusing on all those other things. And it's unbelievable <laughs> when I do that every time the next morning, it's like my brain is reinvigorated. Yep. It's like, yep. then I can't turn it off. <laughs> it's like, yep. Yep. do this. I got this idea and all yep. the things. So, you know, I can't stress enough how important it is from whatever aspect, if it's physical, if it's something physical you're working towards, you got to press pause and let your body rest. If you want to continue progressing forward, if it's um, cognitive, if you're working at a desk and you're in accounting and it's tax season, but you're just can't even like your cross-eyed kind of thing. You got to press pause and maybe do something physical instead or something Mm -hmm. that fills your cup emotionally, like uh, going out to dinner with your wife or something, like whatever your goal is, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional or spiritual, whatever you're driving forward for, you got to be able to press time out um, and slow down if you want to be able to speed up. Because when you're going 150% all the time, when the gas is all the way down Mm -hmm. to the the throttles all the way down, it's eventually you're going to run out of gas, basically. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a really good analogy that I just came up with. If you are are pressing on the gas and you don't give up, you're going to run out of gas eventually and you're going to stop. So it's a matter of stopping at the gas station and refilling the gas tank so that you can keep going mind body and soul it's so important love it yeah um i something that we have to remind ourselves especially as entrepreneurs because we pride ourselves on being able to grind it out and just get it through but the problem is is we can't treat ourselves like machines because we're not machines you know and the cool thing is is at least as of now until we build machines that can destroy us like in terminator as of now we're more powerful than the machines but all you have to take care of yourself, not like a machine, but like a human being who's much more than what you're doing, you know, nine to five or whatever your working hours are. So a lot of great information, business wise, health wise, scale wise. Um, you've got the Balance Banter podcast, which you referenced. You're on social media. What is the best way for folks to connect with Christy Lingle and and stay in touch? I'd say um, either Facebook or Instagram. I am at Christy Langle, K-R-I-S-T-I-E, mm-hmm. Langle, L-E-N-G-E-L. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, you can also shoot me an email um, or contact me through the Balance app website. So the, the website is balanceworkoutapp.com. There's a bunch of free yeah. resources on there. Um, you can always contact me through there as well. Um, like I said, I do offer a free one-on-one consultation to anybody who is looking to really find their balance, get set up with some specific goals um, in mind and not looking for that quick fix, but really looking for long-term health and happiness kind of thing. I am your girl and come find me. 
Love it. Love it. And I'm also want to make sure that I plug your appearance at the grit conference. You're going to be appearing on one of the panels and I'm actually trying to, uh, pull it out right now, uh, February 29th and March 1st. What day is your panel at the grit conference? We are March 1st at 10 AM. I believe it could be 10 30, but I believe it's 10 AM. Yes. 10 to 10 50. I'm on the mindset mastery panel. Yes. Um, yes. We're going to be talking um, all things um, mindset because at the end of the day, if your head is not in the right place, you ain't going to do anything you're trying to do. <laughs> so Love it. I'm excited for that. I really had a great time, Christy. Thank you for joining Good Morning Market, and I look forward to seeing you at Grit. Awesome. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. That was a very uh, in-depth conversation with Christy. I think she did a great job of telling her story to us. She gave me a lot of food for thought. I think she'd um, give you a lot of food for thought as well. I think she's definitely worth a follow, especially if you're in her target demographic. The lady um, really seems like she has lived the story and is now trying to make things a lot easier and more powerfully um, productive for, for her target demographic. So let's go into some quick insights from this great conversation. Number one is no battle plan survives first contact. Uh, Mike Tyson once famously said, and, and one of my mentors uses this this quote all the time, is everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face <laughs> or until they get punched in the mouth might be the, the uh, exact quote. But is that a problem or is that just what comes with the territory? Uh, we're talking about being gritty. We're talking about you know being an entrepreneur. This is a, not a journey for the faint of heart. And I think that something that my father actually brought up to me and, and Christy is basically showing us how true it is, is I was listening to Christy tell her story, but then I was thinking to myself, um, if she hadn't had those failures and those challenges and see what didn't work in order to find out what did work, would she actually have found out what did work? Would she actually have gotten to where she is now? Would she actually have built the business model and all the scale and all the great things that she's really figured out with, you know, it's like Thomas Edison, you know, uh, how many times did he fail to make the light bulb before he figuredly, finally figured out the incandescent light bulb? You know, there's a famous quote from him along those lines too, but all that to say is, these failures help you get better. And the more failures you have, uh, paradoxically, that's actually how you get more successes. You're swinging more, so you're going you're gonna to get more hits. And over time, you can figure out how to get a higher batting percentage. But if you're not swinging, you're never going to get on base. Um, and that's something I have to remind myself from time to time. Once again, even even talking with um, my my dad, who's, who was a multi time entrepreneur, um, if you're not putting yourself out there and you're not getting out there and, and getting rejected and having to have something not go your way and failing, you're never going to succeed because you know you once again you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So you got you need the reps. So all those failures, quote unquote failures that Christy shared with us. Really, it was a stepping stone along to where she's she's going, and you know, from just listening to her, I, I actually really think that this lady is already very successful and is going to achieve a lot of successes because 
She's keeping on. She's learning. So it's not it's not failure. Um, in in terms of it being final and destroying you, if you're learning from it, and then you you keep you get back on the horse and you get better. Another point that she brought up, which I thought was uh, really important, and I know that uh, even a previous guest like Dan Sanchez, who's a brilliant marketer, has brought it up, is. Uh, you no empire was built on rented land. I believe Christie had repeated the quote, and that is quite true. Uh, now, once again, I do believe that when it comes to rented media, I think there's absolutely a very important uh, place for rented media and growing a business. These advertising engines, these uh, these media outlets, even getting into influencers and whatnot, these. Uh, rented media spaces are very, very powerful, and if you know how to use them uh, cost-effectively, they're they're going to do things for you that you can never do just building everything from scratch in your own little vacuum. That said, rented media is a great place to start your future clients. It's a really bad place to get stuck on and to get dependent upon, which I think was what Christy was really getting into. The reason she really pivoted to focusing on getting emails and building email relationships, building her podcast, is those are called owned and in some cases co-owned uh, media sources like YouTube would be an, ex- an example of a co-owned media space. But when you get to email relationships, your websites and in many ways, a podcast that's owned media space. You control it. It's a one-to-one relationship. There's no big mega company intermediary. That's that's the only way that you get to talk to your customers, your audience, your future customers. So something to keep in mind when you're thinking about your customer sales journey, when you're thinking about your your marketing and your media um, strategy. Um, rented land is great, but no empire was ever built on rented land. That's a great starting point. Don't get stuck there. And then finally, um, once again, another reason that really uh, gives me a lot of faith and hope in, in what Christie's building here is you could tell that she really knows her customer and their specific problems. Very specific customers, very specific problems. We've talked on this podcast in the past that the riches are in the niches. She knows who her niche is. She's not just trying to offer another commoditized option with an app and, and pre, pre-recorded workout classes. She's going after very specific people who've been through very specific things or in a specific circumstances and have specific problems. And so she's offering specific solutions which uh, address those unique ways in which other more generic services are not going to. They can't cater in the same way that she's catering to such a niche need because frankly, they don't want to. They want to be more general and some of those companies are making a lot of money doing the very general uh, uh, solution to more generalized problems. She's very, very specific in the niches. Another reason why I think that Chrissy is going to go a long way with this. So once again, um, great conversation. Look forward to seeing her at Grit. Hope to see you at Grit. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's keep the conversation going. We're going to continue in the Grit series all the way leading up to the actual event, which is at the end of February, Leap Day 2024. Y'all have a great week. Best wishes to you. And remember, in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market.